Hey everyone, it's Camille. Welcome to another episode of You and Me, the podcast where we celebrate friendship. Today, I'm excited to welcome Daniel Kisslinger and Damon Williams to the show. Daniel and Damon also have a podcast. They produce Ergo Radio in Chicago, which is a series of truly excellent long-form conversations. They talk to artists and activists reshaping the culture of the city for the more equitable and creative. Daniel and Damon are people like that too. I reached out to these friends after I happened to attend one of their Ergo Live shows in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago. Shout out to any people in Chicago who are listening right now. Here's Daniel and Damon introducing each other. One of my favorite parts is how they laugh in the background, so keep an ear open for that. I'll go first. <clears throat> to my left here, I have the one and only Daniel Kisslinger. I call him Kiss. People know him all over this city as one, just a charming young fellow, uh, but he does many things. He He's a merchant at a farmer's market. <laughs> he is a progressive and radical space DJ. <laughs> He's a shower upper. He'll help you move. <laughs> He's a softball player, but most importantly, he is a facilitator of di- humanizing dialogue uh, through Ergo Radio. He also produces a few other podcasts, namely Versus Podcast, which is an amazing uh, show put together by the Poetry Foundation. Um, and he's a, he's a man about town who likes to show up and likes to be be empathetic when he can. DJ Empathy. And he might even help you with your podcast mics like yes. he did today. Yes. <laughs> time to time. I look, yes. I've been known to engineer. I'm just yes. Community producer. Yes. <laughs> to my right. The... Hello, let me... There's got to be oh. a way to do this. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like a historical analog <laughs> or like a fictional analog. Um... You know the feeling that you get when you're reading a really good book and you get to the end and then you're like a little sad that it's over? The good news is is that Damon just keeps on going. (laughs) (laughs) He's a space maker, organizer, uh, artist, writer, contemporary philosopher, uh, hair grower, (laughs) um, former show-upper, and... uh, the person who the person whose perspective on the world I trust most to challenge the myths and preconceptions that I hold about myself, my city, and my world. Folks, Damon Williams. Oh wow. Aw, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank, Thank you. You got us so warm and fuzzy. Oh man. man. It's a warm and fuzzy podcast. Love the verge of tears. So when I saw Daniel and Damon's live show, they made a joke about medium talk, which is a little more in-depth than small talk, but not as meaty as big talk. Well, we got into big talk right away. Yeah, so this is a big talk topic I was saving for later, but it's come up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We run through that medium talk. (laughs) (laughs) We accelerate the train. (laughs) So you both are really involved in community organizing and racial justice. That's very obvious when you look at either mm-hmm. biography and this is an interracial friendship what's unique about that how does that racial justice Ooh. work show up in your friendship that Ooh. is a big topic no i'm with you back but mm. 
Um, huh. you know, I you know, I think it's like external, internal, macro, micro, structural, personal, right? Like it's it's mm, it's going mm-hmm. it's always going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, because the show emerged um, in response to uh, a a movement that was black centered and black led in in both of its iterations, both culturally and politically, mm-hmm. locally. Um, they're you know, they're that. I, I guess like if we were just talking about sports or hip hop or whatever, well, not even hip hop, yeah. but like if we, you know, just like talking about the world or just trying to talk about race abstractly, uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah. there would be a lot more like unseen power dynamics that we probably would have tripped at. But mm. I think because in the mode of what we were discussing mm-hmm. in the community that we were part of uh, mandates certain type of equity, um, I think it, it, it certainly shaped our relationship Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool. And you kind of, he's kind of like my access to like intimate whiteness at this point. <laughs> over wow. time. We like, definitely, that took a long time. I think for both of us, like it took a long time to get to the trust. We're like, yeah. I'm a big believer in like people need to be able to ask someone a question that they don't know the answer to if they can ask it in a way that isn't harmful. Right? So if you can be intentional about the question asking, if you have someone who you've built the trust with to, try to learn something that you don't understand. I think that that's, that's something that I, you know, it's not the central feature of our friendship, which mm-hmm. I think is also uh, telling about the fact that it's an actual friendship mm-hmm. and like, we're not yeah. just stand-ins for each other, but I, I, it's something that I value and was not always the case. I think like we had to talk to each other about a lot of things mm-hmm. <laughs> for a lot of time before that kind of trust was built. You know, like, I can't remember who said it, but it was something of like, you know, like if, if you're not willing to argue with someone when you think they're wrong, then that's not an actual friend. Like that, if you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. If you're like tiptoeing around mm-hmm. a conflict or a disagreement that you would confront with someone who didn't have a different, uh, wasn't, Basically, like if there was something that if I was friends with a white person and they said something I disagree with and I wouldn't disagree with them in person and then I wouldn't do that with Dan, that's not a good friend. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but it takes a long time to get to that level of trust. Um, and yeah. And, and I think also yeah. a big part of it, you know, some of it is where we met and educated. I think there was also um, like certain values in the space at Grinnell, at least mm-hmm. when we were there, uh, that I think molded some of this. And, and in we, the classroom. And in we the, yeah, in the yeah. teachers that we share. Uh, but then also the fact that we are intersectional about our approach and understand that we are also two cishead males in relationship. And so then having to, we both have to share that burden right. of addressing how like patriarchy is in our relationship when we're just with each other, mm-hmm. but then also when we are, you know, engaging women in films and so that then gives us some structures and some language that then like i think makes some of the racial dynamics have to be unspoken right but because we are both accountable to these values in a place where we hold mutual privilege in this relationship where there is an equity structurally right like it is accounted for uh and so yeah I i think that really helps and without that it probably would have been limited or short-sighted or, or too one-dimensional uh, for it to really be as healthy as it has been, not just for us personally, but then 
our ability to like have a conversation with the people that we're talking about in the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, there has to be a, a, a real dynamic in the room. We have to be able to like make certain jokes with each other and like yeah. be mm-hmm. self-aware um, in order to, you know, we're, we're doing a, a, a partnership with Black Youth Project. <laughs> and so there, there has to be an ex- explicit <laughs> part of, of our relationship has to be around accounting for those dynamics. Yeah. Um, and I feel really good about it. Like I have to like make sure to say that there there has to be limitations and imperfections uh, just because that's the nature of humanity. Mm-hmm. But it is as somebody who's a part of the relationship, it is one of the better examples that I've seen and know of. And, you know, the trust is really there as well. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember? Oh, no. Go ahead. Do you remember any, we've talking, spoken kind of a lot about it. it takes a while to get to that point where you can trust someone where you're mm-hmm. in that trust. Do you do any moments stick out to you as like, oh, OK, I fuck with this guy like any times does that happen? I, I have one I like I don't want to embarrass you <laughs> please don't um, what is a podcast that's yeah. not a space to embarrass <laughs> do you remember uh, the, 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 the like Dre birthday you had with J- Jasmine oh this is one of the most important moments of my life okay cool cool yeah no this uh, is, this is you want to set it up huge. or you, you want my perspective of it tell your perspective I think we should tell it the way my grandparents tell the story which is you tell it and I interrupt you the way you're wrong yeah yeah cool cool that's great so it was his birthday. Ronnie! Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, Jasmine Barber is uh, this amazing space maker poet, or we had her on our live show. She was like episode five or six, first five episodes. Wow. Um, somebody who I really love and trust came up in like the YCA LTAB space. Sorry, to MC. Oh, Young Chicago oh, Authors and Louder Than a Bomb, yes. which is the youth, youth poetry festival that takes cool. place in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is one of like the, probably the core spaces that shaped the type of people we were talking to, especially in the first hundred mm. episodes. Um, and so their birthdays are like the same day or like within yeah, we're 24. We're birthday twins. Yeah. Ooh. And so. It's me, Jasmine, Steven Spielberg, and DMX. <laughs> so but I don't sign? know. Well, Sagittarius. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and so. Giving the people some context. <laughs> Jasmine is, is, a, is a, you know, a dynamic black woman, uh, like, you know does not fit into like normative body binaries and is like really bold about how she takes up space and is also like a kind of like spiritual but she's also like all over the place nice. <laughs> right like it knowingly so and like mm-hmm. admittedly so uh and so they were having like a joint birthday party and this uh, was my first year yeah, living in chicago yeah. so. and it so was, how old were you i would this was my 23rd Something birthday like wow. and okay. i I'd, I'd known jasmine for a couple months but you know and we were you know, she's a very open person, so right. we were connected. But we, you know, she's the type of person you could have a joint birthday with within well, meeting. Known a few months, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and so it was, you know, I think there it was like proceeds were being given to an organization, and then there was like cost for like DJ. So like basic like logistic stuffs at the end. Oh, the organization was us. There was no proceeds. I thought she anywhere. was giving something to BYP. I thought. That oh, was maybe on the you're right. right. Oh, this yeah. is like a real function. It was a house party. Okay. It was okay. like yeah. It was it was like. Classic early twenties, late teens house party dig. Can picture, can picture. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool. And it happened. I came towards the end and like at the end there was just like tension around like the logistics of figuring out the proceeds. Uh and yeah, it just it just got tense and like it was after a point, it was his birthday also. Mm-hmm. So we had just had like a long time. I gave him a ride home of like one, like I hear you, I feel your frustrations, like I understand, but then also you need to know like 
what I saw in terms of how you took up space and how y'all interacted. Um, and that's something like, you know, you really need to challenge yourself on, mm-hmm. especially uh, because of that dynamic of, of that relationship. And it just was not a good look. Uh, I you The things you were saying were not incorrect. You were saying things that were like, had logical truth to them. But the, the nature of that interaction, I think was inappropriate for how you see yourself in the world. Um, hmm. And like, the like second or third round of him struggling through the things he was right about. And then when he was like, no, I hear you. And then like us talking about it from that perspective. And then like the follow up of afterwards. And then it, it then doing the work of like reconciling, uh, I think was then like, okay, that was, that was a moment for, for me that felt. Yeah. That, Cause that was the first time I was like, Hmm. Cause I was, I was sitting there like, Oh, am I his friend or do we know each other? Mm. And if I'm his friend, then I'm going to tell him the truth. If I'm just here, I can just listen and be like, ah, I feel you. See you tomorrow. Uh, but I was like, no. If this is if this, if we're gonna be in real relationship, I have to challenge him right now. Uh, and that was like, I guess, actually the literal moment that I decided, like, no, nah, yeah, we're we're friends. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was an important, you know, and it goes to some of the dynamics of what we were talking about around that, like, uh, getting to the point that you can be in conflict was like I was so afraid as a transplant, as a white person, and as a just new person in communities that had existed in certain ways, I was so afraid to like mess up and hurt someone. Uh, and in general, that's just my personality is I don't want to hurt anyone. Um, but specifically in this kind like the idea of me like fucking up was like, I was terrified of that because it felt like any relationships that I was building, both personal and professional, like I would lose if I made a mistake. And now here was this moment where I made a mistake and uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't know how to move. I didn't know how to reconcile the story I told myself about who I was, who was someone who didn't make this type of mistakes mm. with the fact that this behavior was what I defaulted to, you know, and I was 3 a.m. and I was tired and drunk and felt I've been taken advantage of, but I still defaulted to a certain behavior that uh, was harmful. And um, I had, I needed help reconfiguring who I was. And I'm grateful that you like saw me through the first two rounds of defensiveness to the point that I could actually hear you. And, you know, to a month later, Jasmine, and I sat down and talked about it. And I apologized and explained why I had reacted the way I did and why the way I had reacted was unacceptable <laughs> to me. Uh, and, you know, she remains a close friend and it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's something that I learned through and I couldn't have done that on my own. So I really appreciate I'm glad that you made that choice, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. Wow. And we've never talked about that in this <laughs> yeah. in this way. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We should get her a clip of this. Yeah. Of that yeah, wow. no, for sure. uh, yeah. I absolutely I share that with you. Yeah. Let's talk about the Ergo community. What has Ooh. what has interviewing all these change makers taught you about relationships and friendships? Hmm. Um whew. That's also a big yeah, question. That's yeah. a big question. I, yeah, I, we can work like, out. there's some, like, theoretical things I can do mm-hmm. about it, but, like, I want to be more personal. Like, it's it's made me, once I really 
internalize and accept that knowledge that I've gained mm-hmm. has made me much more confident in myself. Uh, like know that there are so many capabilities and possibilities uh, beyond what I might feel right now because of these relationships, right? Like, because I've then seen these lineages and these webs and know that, oh, you know, what happened seven years ago and four years ago built frameworks and built connections that like are making really vibrant things that people are really proud of um, as I struggled or was working towards a vision of what can I do for myself that can be proud of, learning how all of this connectivity is the work and then knowing that I am a part of that because I sat there and had those conversations and all of those people I will give a hug to when I see um, makes me really confident for what like I'm preparing and trying to build. So I think that's what, what I have learned. Hmm. I would say one thing that I've learned and it's less cheery is <laughs> uh, people are going to end up not fucking with each other sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And the circumstances of a relationship <laughs> and collaboration, they change. And especially if you're not intentional about it and you just think everything will work itself out or we'll deal with that later, mm-hmm. it always blows up. And I think about the people who we, you know, in going, so today I was going back through and sharing out uh, past episodes of the show as we're gearing up to drop our 200th tomorrow. And thinking about all the people who don't talk to each other anymore. (laughs) Uh, Wow. And, you know, it's not, it's almost never about anything big. It's almost always about a conflict that I believe if people had different tools for communication, um, they might not be friends, but they might talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And so something it's taught me about relationships is... You have to be intentional and thoughtful and not push things down the road because it will always rear back up on you and resentments mm-hmm. build. And this happens on, you know, in organizing a business, but also just in personal relationships. And like, if you're not willing to look something in the eye and try to move through it, like it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks down the road. Um, and it makes me sad to think about those people. And I hope, you know, and no, nothing is set in stone. Like, yeah. yeah. I'd say like every six months that someone posts on Twitter like, man, or Facebook, like all these people, we used to feel so close and I wish we could like be in the same room. There's like a wistful mm-hmm. post like that. And, you know, maybe time heals some of those wounds or at least like paves over them a little bit. But it's like you got to start somewhere. It's, mm-hmm. there's, it's not going to be the same, but you got to, you know dig the the topsoil off and yeah. start actually trying to plant something again and that's so yeah. otherwise it's going to go fallow wow also i love a farming analogy even though i don't farm what do you all do for fun when you're not doing ergo hmm. you go first I'm sorry. i play softball um together no no oh, what do we do together, oh, together. For us do for fun uh wordplay <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, just, like, so you know how, like, something can have the structure of a joke, but not be funny? Like, we spend a lot of time, like, doing things that are structured like jokes, but what they are is, like, deconstruction of words. Deconstruction of words. Isn't that such a Daniel and Damon concept? What else do we do? Together for fun. Together for fun. Um, He is, so the only time I've listened to a podcast has been with him. 
right. was like the joke. You I remember yeah. that from the last <laughs> time. You're like, everyone wants me to listen to your podcast, but I don't. It's, it's, it's not my jam. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so when we're together, he plays it for me, and yeah. I enjoy it, like uh-huh. because I'm now interacting with him. About it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And so, so that's something that I'm, that we do. And it's been fun. For there have been work things where we've gotten to travel mm-hmm. and we do touring and we go to college campuses yeah. and. Uh-huh. Uh, do workshops and stuff like that and i've really enjoyed i think a lot of the closeness has come from those experiences of being in a different city or a different town for three days just the two of us and you know it's when when you record a show every week it's very easy like you still have fun time around when you're recording Mm -hmm. but like you're there to do your your Mm -hmm. thing um but when we're together for three days we have to we like break out of the normal cycles and we we actually are like just hanging out um so the answer, the very short answer that's coming out of a very long answer is that we like to bullshit and talk. Yeah, just really like talking. Yeah, that yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's kinda, truly that's what answer. we do. So we can like hang out for like two, three hours. I'll be like late for something. Like, oh, and shit. we're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite place to travel? Do you have any? Ooh, uh, like, together? together. Together. We had a oh. great little LA. You definitely do it myself. Oh yeah, definitely LA. Because no, he's just much more of a traveler. So oh, I was like, uh-huh. he was gonna, yeah. he was gonna stun on me. But definitely LA. There's a hill in Madrid. That <laughs> I, I frequent. <laughs> you do frequent. I do frequent. You frequent a lot. I've been known to frequent. <laughs> um, we had a great week in LA. Like two years ago, we were doing a workshop at USC. This was like one of the um, first gigs that we got to do, yeah. which was just like for me sending people an email, and they're like, "Sure," and I was like, "Really? You gonna pay us?" <laughs> That's and how I felt uh, when you guys said yes to the show. Honestly, I was like, oh, "Good, to, good <laughs> to take a shot on things." Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of a cold email. Yeah. Um, but Except we for our emails are attached with thousands of dollars. In as yeah, that's the past time. That didn't happen with this. That's an icy email. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we went out a few days early, and we just spent a week. We did like one interview with someone out there, but mostly mm-hmm. just like hung out and like seeing shit, driving through the hills. We went to a Korean restaurant that had no English instructions, had a whole bunch of implements, Ooh. including very dangerous things. So it was like one <laughs> and of the no ones one would talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, I have ex- some experience with like a Korean barbecue yeah, situation. Uh-huh. Uh, so it had like the grill in the middle. So I was like, we got this. It we was can handle it. Intuitive enough, right? Oh. But what I want to know, there was a a single white glove as part of the tool set for this. And at no point were either of us like, you know what we could really use right now? A glove. So I don't and, know where that comes And they from. wanted nothing to do with us. <laughs> that was funny. We just got like really cold service in LA. Oh, the other the other ones were yeah. So we um <laughs> there's a spot it's it's um it's La in, Louisiana. Yeah, La Louisiana. It's in um Lamert Park, okay. which is kind of Kind of similar to like uh, a Bronzeville, Washington Park, Hyde Park, low end type of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were looking for a place to go, just trying to find some food. We heard we saw all oh, Cajun food was gonna be really dope. And our Airbnb guest recommended. Like, yeah, it. It and like so a th- there was like a, a like a restaurant that was like very white tablecloth that like wasn't really open, and then it was like a lounge. And so I don't know if y- how much y'all know about like the lounge. Have you heard of like a lounge? Like Chicago so, lounge. So it's like a old like working class black space. Most oh. of them are like they have like rules of like twenty five and up or thirty and up oh, or. Really? No, so it's it's basically Which like I'm pretty sure is illegal. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't think yeah. you can really do yeah. that. So it's it's basically like you know old black people bars or gotcha. pubs, right? Uh-huh. Like what pubs are for like Irish people, lounges yeah. are for like middle aged black folks. Which just off name alone, I'll take a lounge. <laughs> right? That's way more. That's way more comfortable. So and so also there, you know, uh-huh. we ordered a drink, we tried to order some food, and it was like 
37 minutes in between people would like interact with us. <laughs> Not only they were busy, the waitresses would, would get like getting like harassed by all these old creepy mm-hmm. men yeah. who like looked very much like Southsiders from Chicago. I think the people who owned it actually were from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me if anybody who listens to this knows what the 50 yard line is, the place on 75th Street. It was like that scene, like hats and gators. Um, and we were sitting there, I was like, man, I really wish we could get this food and like. Do we want another drink? Maybe, but we don't have that opportunity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we wanted was not and then, a factor. And then I realized, I was like, oh, we're at a lounge. It took me a second to recognize because yeah. yeah. I'm in L.A. And I didn't mm-hmm. know they had lounges yeah, no. in L.A. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, the two things they hate the most is young people and white people. And we have Our both boat. of those boxes checked. <laughs> so, we, yeah, they don't give a fuck about us in here. So we just paid for our drink and got yeah, up and left. I, I like had, like, you know, some crazy, probably my hair was twisted or something. Yeah. Yeah. They hate a long, twisted hair. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, so and I, so we paid for our drinks and got out of it. <laughs> so the answer is L.A. And please, someone in Los Angeles yeah. bring us back out there. It is objectively better there. Yeah, it's a better place mm-hmm. for a human body. As you can probably tell, Daniel and Damon love to talk, especially about each other's ideas. Here's one of their favorites. So Damon has this, like, uh, it's like an uh, a framework for dealing with other people's conflict. <laughs> that is a three-step process. Yeah. Of this was a magical night. It just came to me. It has cha- and it's changed my life. Okay. Uh, so someone comes up to you with something that is not about you, but is a conflict that they're having. Nobody is hurt, right? Mm-hmm. There's no. Yeah. But it's a, it's an argument. <laughs> okay. It's not harm. It's an argument. Mm. One. Wait, you do it. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> One, be cool. Two, I don't care. Three, but okay. <laughs> so okay. we're gonna okay. let's bring the tension <laughs> and yeah. the energy down. Uh-huh. Two, this is not as important to me as it is to you. Mm-hmm. But three. Let's figure here. out how to let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Okay. So this Everybody is wants everything to be an emergency all yeah. the time. Things are not a crisis. Like. Uh-huh. And it's hard to remember that, especially when the world feels like it's on fire, and it's always been on fire, but it feels like it's burning really hot right now, because mm-hmm. it is. Um, so seeing that in action has... Um, I forget about that. I need to... Say that more. <laughs> seeing that seeing that a particular idea in action has helped me avert internal crises, mm. where I can do that to myself. Um, and when I forget to be cool and care less, but still handle it, that's when I get stuck in anxiety. That's when I get stuck in what other people have done. That's when I start doubting myself. But if I can like keep the the engaged detachment of be cool i don't care but okay which i've seen damon do time and time again in the last two years and i don't think that this is something that you always had was the i think Mm -hmm. you could always say be cool and i think you could always say i don't care or you could say okay yeah (laughs) but to be able to do do all of those i think it's been as a friend the thing that i've seen you learn how to do that has helped you the most as a person um and i'm trying to you know bring that into my own life. So that's one of the ideas that I think is really smart uh, that has been helpful for me. So I admire his ability to engage and not be destroyed by other people's yeah. pain. And, and, and I'm going to give Daniel one more. And I think that's an example. Um, he has a, a great ability to, to appreciate. Cool. So like, you know, whether it's a, a type of a genus of bird <laughs> or a minor league baseball team or a rap verse, 
uh, or like political action. Uh, like you can find like um, like glee in a lot of things and value. Um, and so like, right, like that was us bullshitting drunk after uh, a, a, a workshop we were doing. And we don't like, do our workshop drunk <laughs> for the record. Right, but it was like the after party yeah, of yeah, the right. of the workshop. No, it was, we actually, we, we put together a concert too. Uh, after the workshop yeah, yeah. is the after workshop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like the fact that like, you know, because I could just say something like yeah. that, mm-hmm. but it becomes real when somebody engages and laughs, and then we work out the idea. And like that's yeah. where like the language, because I really have become, as I'm working to become a writer, like really nerdy about language and vocabulary and like etymology. And so even like the I don't care thing and appreciating the nuance of that. No, and like I don't know if anybody ever di- looked up the dictionary definition of care, but it's not a healthy thing to do all the time. It means like worry and like concern and anxiety. Uh, so the fact that we like use the language of self-care means like I need to self-worry and there's like better ways to address and to like nurture, right? And so I don't care. I'm not going to worry with y'all, but I will will nurture. I will protect. There are like needs that have to be addressed. And like I wouldn't be able to think it, I, this would be craziness in my head. <laughs> that, is, that is what we're saying. Yeah. The basis of our friendship is that it, both of our ideas and our whole lives would be craziness in our head if we didn't have each other. So we make each other laugh about romance. Yeah, so that's why we uh, we haven't gone off the deep end. Yet. <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of our podcast, ah, which means so we get fun. to play a fun game. Oh, we nice. love an ending game. What it's called? We're in need of a new ending game. Okay, you do a lot of fun sound effects whenever you start your show. Would you mind giving me a sound effect for this? I'm really excited. I've gotten professional level jungle cat. <laughs> Okay, this... Oh, hold on, hold on. Are you ready now? Can, can we get like three to five seconds of room tone? <laughs> okay. We ready? Wow. 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 Front Listeners, listeners, you decide which cat that is. <laughs> it can be Mitty. A panther. A jaguar. <laughs> maybe Sheena. even maybe even a snow leopard. <laughs> if we're in a different climate. A lynx. <laughs> When you said jungle cat, I was like, hmm, that, I was like, what's coming? Yeah, what's coming? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish we had video of that too. You got the whole snarl. Absolutely. What's funny is you've done that yeah. three times, but I haven't actually watched you do it any of the other times because I've been monitoring the recording. Yeah. It was it was moving. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that was. <laughs> Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making the space. <laughs> Let's play the game. Okay, so the way friend pack works, friend packs works is I'm going to ask you a question, oh. and you're going to just immediately respond which one of you fits the description of the question uh, best. Uh. Um, like just gut instinct. So I might say something. I won't say this, but like who's taller? Okay. And you would just blurt out whoever it is. I, you're like half inch taller. Yeah, yeah. We're about the same height. Okay. I know. Th- I know that was your example, but yeah. I was curious. Because last time I was measured, I was 5'10", which is exciting for me. I identify as 5'10". Okay. So you probably got a quarter in there. Wow, this is news to me. All right. <laughs> I think that we're both inflating our yeah, stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go. <laughs> we're ready. First question, who has better fashion sense? Daniel. Ooh. I would say yes now, but when we started the show, Damon. Yeah. Mm. We've, I, I, we've gone 180 on this. I still have the eye. I have cared it's become a part of my identity to not care about fashion. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, he's killing it. You see this? You see I this did, look? I, I see it. That yeah. tea tuck into that, that, that pant. For, 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 our li- for our listeners at home, what we're going with is uh, 
1963 Italian Riviera. That's the look I'm going for. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Aspirational, yeah. Um, who has got a radio voice? Damon. <laughs> One of our guests described his voice like a hug. Sometimes you don't want a hug. <laughs> <laughs> you need your space? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Damon's radio voice. Who gets the party started? I'll take the party. I can get a party. Though started. I will say, when I DJ, that that is a cheat code. Yeah, oh, that is. Oh. A cheat code. Yeah. But Literally, if like if neither one of us have any weapons, if we're just oh, if we're going fist oh. to fist, Damon's getting the party. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I host. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's the first person to lose their keys? Mm, me. For some reason I thought you were gonna say virginity. I yeah, know. yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damon, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the first person to lose my keys too. Yeah. So you're my friend. Who's the most likely to leave you on red? Damon. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of us, I would say, are diligent about turning off our red receipts. Yeah, you. That wouldn't even be an op. That is madness to me. There is one person in this world who I like who keeps their red receipts on. And I don't know. It, it's a major strike against them. I don't understand. I, I literally, no one's ever explained why you would do that. It stresses me out sometimes to like open up an Instagram message or like a Facebook message when it'll show if you've read yeah. it. You haven't done you haven't. Why done do you think that it? that exists? Who does that benefit? I Though I will say I prefer the word seen to read. Mm, Instagram yeah. gives you seen and it, I panic less at that. Mm, that's but true. the word read, I'm like, oh, you're like. Like read yeah, me. all like of me. You've had an analysis of yeah, this. There's, like <laughs> there's a difference between seeing me and reading me. <laughs> We've got two more questions. Yes. Great. We're going to make it 15 uh, minutes oh God, each. I could do this for <laughs> Who has the best advice? Who gives the best advice? Ooh. Uh, Ty. Oh, okay. I was going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say me. Final Hold question. <laughs> Who's the better dancer? But, oh, but he he cuts a jig. I like his jig. It, c- it could be much worse. Yeah, yeah. I like his jig. Things could be worse. <laughs> Things could be much, much worse. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Things could be so much worse. No, but it, like because they're not they're they're all right. They're fine. I I can cover it. <laughs> I don't make a fool of myself. You're out there. The yeah. more I'm not afraid to dance. The thing here's the thing mm. that drives me the craziest. You see it a lot with white people, but I think people across the board do this. Mm. People who are so self-conscious about their dancing that they make the thing that they're doing as a dance into a joke that's like self-referential yeah. and they're like look at me doing the the the, the uh, shopping the cart and the doing oh. the or I'm dabbing like, yeah or so there's that but then there's also just like I'm purposely dancing bad uh. because I'm worried if I actually try uh, going under exactly yeah, 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 exactly yeah. <laughs> let Cowabunga. yourself let yourself be vulnerable and yeah, be transported yeah, yeah. and you don't have to do anything crazy it's not about doesn't have to be about other people. I think the dance floor is one of the few places where most white people think about the fact that other people are looking at them mm. and judging them based off of it. It's like one of the only places that that happens. Yeah. Uh, and uh. They, a lot of us don't know how to handle that. So we like don't dance or mm-hmm. we like make fun of it. We're like, if we, if we say we're bad before anyone else can, then we're covered. Um, but I think the ability to like free up your body in that way is liberatory. incredibly liberatory. It's incredibly important. There are no, I you know the Emma Goldman quote: "If if your revolution doesn't include dancing, I don't want to be a part of it." It's something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oppressors are the worst dancers across the board. 
<laughs> in every field, oh, every that's field really of life, funny. everywhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> really funny. You can't, wow. you can't. <laughs> so you're, you're either, yeah, yeah. Just you can't, that. you can't oppress and step. That doesn't yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. My name is Camille Gallus, and I'm the host and producer of You and Me. Meredith Gallo is our associate producer. Our theme music is by Kinsus Moreira. We think life is more fun with friends, so follow us on Instagram. The handle is You and Me Pod.